What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, B. Hall of Famer, Habes! Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> my, my sources say that it was a powerful week at the uh, the campus of Fresno State. I, I got a diploma. California State University, Fresno. Yes, you did. Uh, on my wall. They raised Paul George's number to the rafters. That's right. Uh, sources say, I mean, it's out there on the internet. Uh, Balmer, Doc, several Clippers showed up. Then several days later, in the Jewish Hall of Fame or just Sports Broadcast Hall of Fame? I have not. Could you uh, be specific on that? Uh, Fresno State? Yeah, I don't think they have a Jewish Hall of Fame. It's the uh, Mass Communication oh. Journalism uh, oh, department. Okay. Yeah. Haberman was uh, inducted. So, you know, Paul George, Guy Haberman, similar. I mean, same era, same time. Uh, felt right, you know. It, yeah. it felt right. Like he, you guys were, you know. It's like when Ray Lewis goes in with Ed Reed. Like you guys were the same class. Like that's that's right. You know, it's just a couple people. With I thank Paul Mendo- in my speech, but I didn't see him. <laughs> Tommy Mendoza, get Tom, his uh... Tommy Mendoza. That's right. <laughs> Did he go in? There is still one player on the Fresno State baseball team that beat Georgia. Remember uh, Gordon Beckham? Still pitching, right? Justin What's Wilson. The yeah, the lefty. You fr- friends with him? I haven't talked to him in a while. I got to know him a little bit. His his parents, uh, I got to know a little bit too because they were friends with uh, the guy that owned the radio station that I worked at, Chris Pacheco, and they always hooked me up with fireworks. They would always have a fireworks stand and hook me up. But uh, yeah, good you've, dude, you've you've transitioned into becoming buddies with Vote, so that's probably an upgrade. <laughs> Even <laughs> though Wilson's Justin's been, on, I think yeah, did he won a World Series. Who's on? Uh, did he? He's definitely been on some good Yankees. Yes, he, teams, he right? was on some good Yankees teams. He's been a really good player. Yeah, good dude. Good dude. So good times. Yeah, it was Congrats. technically a fellowship, but yeah, I'll, I'll take the Hall of Fame. I, there were some other people. There was a Hall of Fame induction for two. One of my former professors, uh, our old friend George Takata, went in. He asked, "Where's Middlecoff?" Um, you you did a so, day trip to Fresno. Day trip to Fresno on Thursday. Alyssa and I drive down. We go see uh, her grandma. We go to Jack's Urban Eats, get some lunch. 
I'm standing in line ordering my salad, and I get from behind me in line at Jack's Urban Eats Fig Garden Village in Fresno. Hey, behaves! Promo code ham! So, shout out to Miles, who's a lawyer in San Francisco, who was just down there visiting his dad, and is a big, he said he goes back to the ra- terrestrial radio days and is a big podcast listener, so. Did, did you scream, is there a dog in the house? I <laughs> I thought about it, but the last few times I've done that, I did it when I was in Vegas this year for the Pac-12 basketball tournament, and you know the Mountain West tournament's there at the same time, and these couple walk by in a bunch of Fresno State gear, and I go, "Is there a dog in the house?" And the guy's like, "Hey, what's up?" I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, I think the uh, the new hopefully Tedford's bringing that back." You know, you're supposed to bark. Watching. You're supposed to bark. I stumbled, I stumbled upon like something on Twitter yesterday. I was like. This, uh, like, Stanford did, like, a four-minute video on Stanford Steve, just about some of his highlights, and Stanford was kind of narrating it, talking about, like, the power of the university, how much it's meant to his life, the community, you know people everywhere you go. You know, on a a lower scale, probably economically a little lower, too, the Fresno State has a similar community. You're just going to run into a lot of people, like, oh, Fresno State connection, in a weird way. Right. Pro sports, business, farming, you you just inevitably bump into them. It's it's powerful. It is. I mean, it's it's a big, it's a really big school for people listening that maybe aren't in California or aren't familiar with it. But what's well, why, uh, as a Cal Poly guy, I don't really claim Cal Poly that much because it's kind of boring athletically. It doesn't, you know, Fresno State. It's like I got Paul George, baby. You know, Ryan Matthews, Aaron Judge. Carr. Yeah, Aaron Judge. You know, it's just it was way cooler sports wise. I see why you went there. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was an awesome. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Now you're Hall of Famer. Fellow Hall of Famer. Yeah, sure. I'm a fellow yeah, Hall of Famer. Whatever you want to say it. It was really cool. You told, I, you told me before we got on that that Doc Rivers and, I guess, Balmer led the charge. They surprised Paul. Like that's Yeah, at a Fresno State basketball. Yeah, when they retired his number. Um, I saw Gottlieb said he didn't deserve to have his number retired. You going to talk about that on your weekly hit with Doug? Uh, well, in fairness... No. I remember staying up late one night to watch their opening game against St. Mary's like a 10 o'clock kick. Yeah, we watched it off. together. They lost. It might have been 11 o'clock. Yeah, it was late. He had a pretty underwhelming career. You know, like like f- when Carr's number goes up or Devontae Adams or even like Robbie Rout. Like those guys had legendary records. It was clear they're some of the best players in the program. This guy's the best player in program's history in the NBA. But you wouldn't argue that he's not the he's not his impact was underwhelming to for what he became. Now, it's the, not all his. So fault. I would say like it was at the time, right? He, he now he had some injuries. He was only there two years. And Never was a first team All Conference. Yeah, it was not a first team All Conference. But if you go back and look, one of the years I think he was second, and I think it might have been a five team All Conference team, not a ten. You know what I mean? Like now, a lot of leagues have ten players on their All Conference team. I think that that one was Wait, five. So, so you you can be first team and be the tenth guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's diluted them. Now, I don't know if that's how it was. I, for some reason, I feel like the WAC had only five guys by position. Um, But, you know, I would say, like, I don't know if this analogy perfectly works, but if you're a world-class musician, just because you, you don't have to have made hit records while in college to be honored by the college. Yeah, but it's different in athletics, right? Because when kind you think of, about... But, but I think it's such a personal decision, like... I think Paul George has be- clearly the most famous basketball player that Fresno State's ever had, and he goes back all the time. Like while he's playing in Oklahoma City, 
you see him when he would come to California, when he was playing in Indianapolis. You'd see him. Like, I see Fresno State people just because I follow him at all his games, taking pictures with Paul, like, even yeah, he though he's gone. Derek, and he's not from there. Shoes. That's the other thing. He's yeah. not from there. He's from takes a lot of pride. He takes a lot of pride in it. He goes sure. back a lot. So, um, I think he's been, like, a big part of that community. That, that would be my thing to Doug is, like, I think that's when when an institution retires somebody's number, it's a pretty personal choice, and it's not just about like how many what a guy did on the court while he was there. He's being honored for a lot more than that because I think he's been a, I think he's been like a recruiting tool for the basketball program since he left. I know he one has million been, per, and one he million has been percent, a part of that. Yeah, I think I think Doug. I would guess I'm actually talking with him a little later. Looks at it like he looks at it to get retired at a university. You got to impact them on the court. I think that's his argument. I know. And I would say he has, just more so after he left. Yeah, I get it. Like, you don't think, you think Fresno State regrets having fucking Steve Ballmer, Doc Rivers, and Lou Williams show up? <laughs> you know, no chance. I don't think I, I, saw, got, I, saw I, don't a think I got honored last night for the Bulldog Sports Report and Campus Issues Weekly. You, you saw. My radio show at Fresno State. I'm sure it was Paul Leffler there, the play by play guy. He was, yeah. Well, I'm, I saw a picture. I think Doc. And Ballmer went on live with him during the game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So, I, I would say that in itself was probably one of the more impactful things. Well, I guess they made the tournament a couple years ago, huh? They did. Fresno State. Yeah. So, this, this is getting deep into the 5 We are. We're getting, we're getting deep. But that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, all right, this podcast. Did, didn't Derek got his number retired a couple years ago, right? He did, yep. Yeah. But, like, that's... Multiple time all conference, multiple conference champions. Like that's, I think the type of guy Doug's talking about, right? He's a no brainer. He goes on to have an excellent. I mean, it's still going. It might even get better. Pro career, but just if his career had ended after Fresno State, let's say Derek had been a one and done, like undrafted free agent for whatever reason, like his shit didn't translate, he would have been a Fresno legend the rest of his life, right? Just by his play on the field right. at Fresno State. Yeah, like a Mark Madsen or something around here, right? What? Leon Poe. I'm just using like athletes in in uh, college around like Stanford, Mark Madsen. Like when you think Stanford basketball, you think Mark Madsen, right? But you don't think yeah. Mark Madsen is a pro. That, that's what I'm talking about. Right, I think right. that's again Doug's argument, like for Paul. I did see, by the way, I just got an email from our friend uh, Vince Ricuti. Yeah. Did you did you get this email from Enzo uh, Olive Oil Company? They got Aaron Judge is having like a, a fundraiser dinner uh, in Madeira, which is. Just outside of Fresno, obviously, but his foundation, I think Part- Pardini's is catering. I mean, that is just a – that should be well attended. Yeah, 250 each for tickets. Reach out to uh, – hit up Vince. Well, I – All Foundation. We got to do – yeah, I got to I – I was texting with him last night because he sent me a picture of your Hall of Fame induction. And, uh, yeah, we might need to help him push a little Enzo maybe this uh, holiday season. Oh, God, I'm – I'm an you, know, Enzo you, guy. you get a little. They sell little, Enzo. I've got Enzo right here in the store by my house. Yeah, don't sleep on it. You buy some. I did. I support. Absolutely, a great bulldog. Shout I out like to Vince. It. Shout out to Miles. Shout out to everybody else listening. We appreciate you guys. Share the podcast. This is our friendly reminder. Uh, this is not contrary to what the first eight minutes here sound like. All Fresno State talk all the time. But when we no. get in it, we get in the weeds, man. Getting deep. Speaking of which, this podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. When they introduced me, John, by the way, they asked, uh, what's a song that was like a song that, that, that you liked when you were in uh, college? Back that ass up, Juvenile. I went with uh, my first, I just remember my first 
favorite song in college. It was fall of 03. It was Roses by Outkast. I oh, yeah. know you like to think, yo, shit don't stink. And I they sent them an email. I'm like, you guys might want to play the instrumental, but they played the real version. <laughs> uh, there, there might have been some people there on Ease.com. Promo code ham. Again, Ease.com, Uber Eats, a marijuana cannabis delivery guy, cannabis delivery, pre-rolls, vapes, edibles, uppers, downers, sleep aids, you name it. They got it. Check it out. Just go to Ease.com, our promo code ham. Get you a discount, free delivery potentially if you if you order enough. Also, our friends at easewellness.com, best CBD in the game guy, easewellness.com, promo code ham, promo code ham. If you've already used it, tell your friends. Yeah, E-A-Z-E.com, easewellness.com. Tell your friends, tell your friends, and we appreciate the support of Ease. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Manscaped. This is not their official slogan, it's mine. Getting you ready for weekends everywhere. Manscaped.com. I can't hear. Oh yeah, get it. There you go. I don't oh. want oh. it won't it won't snag. See, no. it doesn't even snag nope. when you even dry. It's grinding. It's that smooth. Some, some thick tree trunks there it's, it's cutting through. That's the lawnmower 2.0 guy. Manscape baby. Did, uh, did Manscaped. Did you use your lawnmower 2.0 before you went to uh, Fresno? Promo <laughs> code ham. I didn't. No, it was a day trip. I know I wouldn't be spending the night. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com promo code ham. Yep, lawnmower 2.0. It's the best uh, ball trimmer, body trimmer. You'll ever find. I mean, I, I swear by it. I've used it three or four times since they sent it to me. No snags, no cuts. Uh, you know, I know Janet Jackson had Nipplegate back in the day. So did I. Once upon a time, mm. snagged it, and it could it yeah, got ugly. Yours was worse. Uh, Manscaped two point the lawnmower two point just it just it's the best. Plus they also, get the little USB tr- tr- uh, charger, so it's really easy to charge. Oh, you you can charge it at your computer. Yeah, you really can. So you're Keep always, it at your ready, desk. To man- always ready to manscape. Yeah. Do you think you would someone would call HR if you kept your ball trimmer on your desk in your cubicle at work always charging? Yeah, if you just didn't, if you just like said, like a guy like me that is always kind of trimming your <laughs> hair, you, you would just, they wouldn't know, you know? So you could get away with it. For you, it'd probably be like, what is this thing? Uh, Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, the anti-chafing deodorant moisturizer. 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com, promo code HAM. All right, let's uh, let's start with the fight, John. The Steelers Browns fight, or as some pe- or as Twitter is calling it, attempted murder. Uh, what a while! I got I got to uh, my mother in law's house last night after the uh, event and um, turned on the TV because I was getting text messages like, "What do you think of this fight?" I'm like, "What? Is the zone? Is there a boxing match I don't know about?" Uh, but no, it was Brown Steelers kicking it old school. Well, I don't remember the last time a guy got suspended indefinitely. Yeah. Like, that's been a while. For a non-drug offense or criminal offense, something he did on the field, uh, it was fucking nuts. There's no way around it. He had a helmet in his hand, swung it at the guy in a game that was pretty terrible. I mean, Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, every, by the time you listen to this, you've heard every take imaginable. Mason Rudolph was having one of the worst games of the season. He had four picks. Several of the picks hit guys in stride, you know. And I'm not talking his own players that then bounced off their hands. I'm talking Browns defenders in stride. Where they catch it, it is such an easy interception sometimes. It's like they catch it. They're like, is this real? And then they take off and run because they're like, why is this guy fucking kidding me? The wide receiver is like seven feet to the left or eight feet to the right. 
he is going to get off a little bit. Maybe not in Pittsburgh. Like, they got a problem. He's terrible, and he was bad. Now, granted, I thought last night was a little bit of a Thursday-type game, really ugly. But this, you know, was one of the crazier brawls I remember. Uh, and part of it is just I don't ever remember, you know, how many times in, like, baseball the last, like, 30 years has a bat been swung? That's kind of the equivalent of this, right? If you were to charge them out and take your bat. The difference is you got to rip a helmet off to then get it. And we were talking before the pod, he's lucky that the way he hit him, it clearly didn't do anything because it... Yeah, he's lucky he didn't get him with the crown of the helmet. Yeah, knock him out. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) It would. There was... You were probably on stage at this time. There was a uh, Demarius Randall, Mason... The one thing Mason does do is he throws a beautiful deep ball and he hits like their super fast little rookie, Deontay Thompson, I think his name is, who, I don't know if he drops the ball. He had to extend it. It goes through his hands. Demarius Randall's coming from like 30 feet in the middle of the field, does target, knocks him the fuck out. When he finally comes to and like the two, you know, older white trader guys are helping him off the field, he's bleeding from his ear. (laughs) There's just blood. Now... I think everyone thinks like it was, you know, the hit caused crazy. I think I would imagine it cut his ear when he right. gets hit, you right. know. But the 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 image of the blood dripping yeah, down like the his ear, brain like, is leaking. Is this guy gonna die? Right. And, and he, you know, he can barely walk. Demarius Randall gets tossed. It was a pretty bad helmet to helmet crown. The game was. I left the game thinking we watched Monday Night Football. And, you know, the NFC West is a pretty physical division right now. The, the Rams, their offense sucks. Their defense is good. The Niners in Seattle are kind of old school. It's, it never feels like they hate each other. Like, they're just it's an intense rivalry. You know, it's, they're playing for, it felt like they were playing for the Super Bowl. But it, after the game, did you see Richard Sherman and Russell exchange jerseys? It's like, God, maybe they don't hate each other as much as we think. They did the exchange signed jersey thing. I was like, God, they've, I, I honestly think, Credit to Richard. Richard's really kind of matured. You know, he's he. You never hear him like he's much different than he was three or four years ago. Yeah, f- for sure. But just the culture out here, it's like God. We're going back to Seattle. We got this palace that Paul Allen built us, and the Niners are like, God, you know, life's pretty good. The AFC North, you're legitimately a little uncomfortable with just like, is this okay? <laughs> you know, is this is this safe? I mean, we've seen multiple games now in that division. Over the years with the Bengals, the, maybe it's the players they acquire. Maybe it's just the culture of the city. I don't know, guy. But that fucking division is, if, if I was a professional football player, I'd want no part of that division. Like, well, what would just, you say, since the, in, like, in the 2000s on, in the list of like the most terrifying defenses that we've seen, the Ravens, obviously, for an extended period of time, were on that list. Carson Palmer told me, he thought it was a travesty that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense of the 2000s only won two Super Bowls. <laughs> he thought by far, by a mile, the Harbaugh-Seattle, he thought it was the best combination of talent, intimidation, and just the total package. And you think about it, you're like, he started listening to the players. You're like, God damn, that group was fucking dominant. And they had Cower and Tomlin. And look at them. I mean, they dominated. Yeah. Where the Ravens were a little more like, Led by two they were or three all defense. Hall of Famers. 
But the Steelers, I mean, they were crazy also. Like, the Joey Porters, the James Harrisons, like, they were they were hoping a motherfucker would. And that's, I, I, I'll say this for the AFC North, it's had that kind of, I'm hoping a motherfucker would the last, like, six or seven years. I don't care who you are. The Monday Night Football game that one year with the Bengals and the Steelers was very uncomfortable. You know, it was like, are people going to die? Not like really die, but, and, and they weren't even like taking helmets and swinging them. They were just hitting. Remember, people were just getting destroyed. Yeah. This game was a little there. It was chippy, but there's always like this bubbling. You know, when you're like a bar or at an event and you see a guy just really kind of over the top and you're like, God, this could get out of control fast. It always has that feel in that game. I think more than other, like you watch Cowboys Eagles. It's never like, I never feel that way watching Cowboys. No, I, ever like this Rams bear. I mean, you just do Honestly, a million like, matchups. The, I know people would say this, like, what about, you know, the, the perceptions, but like, I never feel that way with Raiders AFC, anything. No, I, I'm telling you, they're the only division. AFC and maybe South, just never. No, it's like Ohio and Pittsburgh. A guy, I don't only think that, that you feel it. I think the fans are kind of hoping for it. You know, I, I think it's like, let's go. Now, not that. Like, that that crossed the line. But, like, right before he swings the helmet, if the helmets never would have come off. I think people would have loved it. You know? I, yeah. I, I think it just... Sure. It just... I wasn't going to say Malice of the Palace, but it wasn't even close to that bad. Again, it was... So... It was My, bad. Miles Garrett. Suspended indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, guy, he's their best player. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, I, 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 I had a split-second thought where I was like, God, Greg Williams' team is out of control right now. And I was like, oh, wait. He's not even there anymore. His legacy well, lives. That's why Mike Silver was tweeting, because clearly he's still pissed that Hugh got fired. Greg Williams' team was never this undisciplined. Like, you put that on Freddie Kitchens last night? They do lead the league in penalties. I don't put Miles Garrett swinging his helmet on Freddie Kitchens, but like no, but just the yeah, multiple just penalties, penalties team players getting ejected. I mean, both teams got fined two fifty. Both teams got fined, which to me is kind of funny. I always laugh at that because I'm always like, it's just the NFL is just owners moving money around. Like it doesn't it's like oh you okay yeah yeah here's here's my two fifty. <laughs> you, you know what I was told the Monday night game is that like ten years ago the way like. If you hosted a game, a little collegiate, it was like a collegiate scale, you would keep two-thirds of the gate, and then you would pay the other team a third of the gate. So it was like everyone just making money. Yeah. That now goes to a league pot. Right. And then it all gets, like, we know how we talk about, well, the league gets 270. That's just the media money. You know what the pot money is just for tickets? That's another pot. That even if you kind of have empty seats, like, you know, or, you know, I think the Chargers would be a good example. Their pot would be much smaller just because they have less people. They're just a part of the bigger pot, you know? Right. It's the amount of money, like you said, the 250 is such a hollow bullshit. Like, so where does that go? Just some charity that gets to distributed? Us. I don't think it goes to it. I think it just goes back to us. Yeah. Goes to a pot and then gets redistributed. Yeah, it's just it, it would be pot. like the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast finding Guy Haberman. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck, it's a better, here's my $50. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you're right, so, the, the fine's really dumb. All right, so how long would you file fi- uh, suspend Miles Garrett for? I saw James Palmer, you know, the NFL Network guy. Yeah. I had forgotten about this. In a preseason game, like, five or six years ago, one of the Texans players took off Incognito's helmet. I think it was Antonio Smith, who actually played for a second for the Raiders. 
took the helmet, swung it at Richie. Looks like he connects, and Richie doesn't even budge. And it was like, God damn. He got, he got suspended, I think, two preseason games, like one regular season game. Yeah. Like, indefinite fine is the one thing I'd be nervous if I was the Browns. To me, you're no lock to get reinstated. Like, is he going to be allowed to practice during OTAs? Is he going to be back in training camp? Are they going to allow him to play week one next year? Because it's the Browns aren't making the playoffs, so it's not that big a deal. Just in terms of, like, if they were 6-4 and four instead of 4-6, and six, this would be a devastating result, right? Right. Uh, like, do you think he's a lock to be back week one? I got no problem with the font of the suspension. If you would have told me four games, like I wouldn't be up in arms. Like, I'm yeah, not. I mean, look, if we took away everybody freaking out about everything, that's a five game suspension to me. And that's basically what it is. How, they, they are, they probably they have, have seven. Games. No, they're six and four or oh, four okay. and six. So they have right six now. games left. Yeah, like the idea that he should miss any time next year to me is like the fact is he didn't kill him. The fact is Mason Rudolph is fine. So there's a there di- are di- there are different penalties right in the law for shooting a gun and shooting a gun that yeah kills there's someone. a difference between attempted murder and murder and I don't <laughs> yeah. even think this was attempted murder it was insane it was crazy it was nuts it wasn't unprovoked <laughs> like I'm not saying Mason Rudolph should get any penalty here but he got I saw Breer tweeted while you were talking he got fined I think it seemed to me like Miles started it and Mason escalated it well it it felt like but do you what, think that do you think that Miles felt like he still had the ball in his hand, or do you, need, no, you think I he knew? I, yeah, I don't. I doubt it. Once he starts ripping your, I mean, it was, and then like the pouncy thing. Well, he got three games. Three, yeah, for throwing hands. Well, and the and cleats he was kicking. Yeah, I mean, you just you can't do that. But guy, when the guy swings, here's my thing. When you when you're in a brawl, everyone's gonna get litigated, right, for swinging and stuff. Yeah. In that brawl, when someone goes, let's just use a bar analogy, you're just brawling, one guy takes beer bottle, cracks it, stabs yeah. a guy, the rules change a little bit. <laughs> you notice Pouncey was not really going nuts. The helmet swings, yeah. he flips the switch. Right. That's where my beef, I tweeted, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke that he got three games. Now, he'll probably maybe appeal, maybe get two. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, look, it's the I, thing like, are you watching the bully and you have the phone? Like, shouldn't you go do something? To me, it's just as simple as I'm sh- punches are probably in the rule book. Like, you can't punch. So, I, I agree with you. Like, there's no doubt. Like, I don't blame him one bit. Because you to just me, it's watch not the way three. he moves. He yeah. didn't. He didn't. I would not mess with a guy that it's no. open about being best friends with Aaron Hernandez. To me, it's two game suspension. He's not best friends anymore. Uh huh. Maybe former best friend. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a two game. To me, that's a two gamer. The fact that that's a three. If that's three, to your point, if that's three, Garrett can't be five, right? Yeah, because Garrett's more. Than he just twice rea- as bad. he just reacting. Yeah, but what do you think? What do you think about sixty five taking Mason out after he gets hit, running up? He got a game. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but but to me, like that guy's kind of irrelevant. The whole thing. I just, I, I just, to me, j- the thing for me is just this like pu- punishment culture. John, everybody needs to be punished as severely as possible. The NFL comes out, does their two hundred fifty thousand dollars fines. Like I don't know to satisfy who Twitter, I guess. I no, like this is so. 
whatever. I'm entertained by the whole thing, not the actual um, fight. I'm just. It's easy for me because nobody actually got hurt. That's what makes One, it easy. I, we are you. all lucky. You, me, Miles Garrett, especially Mason Rudolph, especially that he just that that helmet happened to catch him with the inside of the helmet and not the outside of the helmet, and that this whole thing wasn't as bad because. Like, Vontez Burfitt got suspended for the season not for the one hit because he's a habitual rule breaker. That's why he got suspended for the season. Uh, Miles Garrett has a different rep than Vontez Burfitt. I'm a little uncomfortable with everything. John, he writes like- poems. How can he be mean <laughs> if he writes poems? Yeah, like he's a criminal. Like this is criminal but, activity. But I do love the, he writes poems. Like no poem writer has ever broken a law. I, 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 I love, well, yeah, it's always like, I'm a father. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of fathers. I have daughters. I don't stand for this. Like, yeah, we get it, bro. There have been a lot of fucking Look around. There's women everywhere. There. There's a lot of dads from women. Yeah, no shit. There's just a lot of dad. A lot of men are shitty people, and the majority of them are dads. Half of them that have kids have girls. This notion also that, like, this is criminal activity. Like, can we just fucking take a deep breath? I've never you seen know, the police coming moment. out of a locker room before. I, j- someone should press charges. No one's pressing charges. Can everyone relax? Like, Florio, no. classic. He had a tweet last night like, Colin Kaepernick gave up his career for social justice. Should Miles Garrett be forced to give up his career for, cr- like, crimes against humanity? It's like, oh my god. Like, I, Mike, how could you even write this? I mean, I get it. You're trying to drive traffic or whatever. But Jesus Christ. I mean, some of these takes... I'm at the point now where I just kind of turn off Twitter. Like, this is just... This morning was just over the top. Like, Bill Simmons had a good tweet this morning. He's like, first take is on full tilt right now. Stephen A. I, I read it. Just I was read a text great. from, like, Miles Garrett's no, mom. Or no, no, no. It was... It was uh, who? What's her name? Uh, Josina. Josina read a text from... I thought it said Vontaze Burfick's mom. Oh, Vontez's mom, yep. So I, was like, I was like, what? And then the guy from Bones is there? Yeah, while, while, while Max def- goes after Mason Rudolph and Stephen A completely melts down. You know, this is, this is a story for the, like, this show, the shows are carried by, and this is a big story. Like, by is the it, way. This is, like, Schefter had a tweet this morning. Can I read you the Adam Chef? Yeah. You say what you say. I, I right. can't fuck it so, up. So Simmons tweets that, and then somebody else says, like, we're going to need a full breakdown on the next podcast. And the next reply was, but first Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what Adam tweeted this morning. Like, Adam, this is a, this is a tad much for me, too. Okay. And this, this, to me, sums up. Was this the walking on the street tweet? Yes. Random man just walked right past me. Didn't say hello. Didn't break stride, and simply said, "They should throw him. They should throw him out of the league, while walking off." Can I just read you some of the first couple of replies? Yes, please do. At Woj, this is Chris Mannix. Did that to me at Yahoo all the time. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it. It's just too much, man. It's just it's just too much. It's not. This is not. I, I was watching. Netflix has a good documentary on World War II. Yeah. I realized, like, God, I, I didn't really listen in history class. Uh, I did. I mean, I remember some of the, the details are just, it's just a powerful time in history. You're just reading some of these things and you're like, whoa, this is, this was 
I mean, our world could end it, you know, just, whoa, this is serious shit. You know, you realize what people that were involved in World War II, you know, it's just ingrained in their mind. Like it shaped generations of all over the world. I think sometimes we act like everything is World War Three, and it's like the dude fucking ripped his helmet. Luckily, he's fine. He got suspended. It's not that big of a deal. I, like, think, I, I think the malice of the palace. When you think about it, they were going in the stand. It was a full on like it's like issues like this. Someone tweeted out the video. Do you remember when Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan they were pressing each other, and then the helmets just came off, and they just brought and Andre got him and was just pounding his face. Because someone tweeted, like, can everyone act like... Can we stop acting like this shit's never happened before? That's, yeah, it happens all the time. I, I think... Um, there was just a brawl in the NBA. Like, Carl, they were swinging it. Like, brawls happen. This is fucking sports. I, can John, we stop being such pussies about everything? Uh, but Jesus see, to Christ. me, it's, it's the opposite of that. I don't think it's everyone being pussies. I think there are so many voices now that people think the only way to get... <laughs> you just gotta be... It just... You got to be the most extreme. And so everyone's trying to, you say one game, I say a life, a life. I say death penalty. You say death penalty, I say beheading. It's like, what are, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, truly, if Twitter didn't exist, four game suspension without pay, it's a month of no pay. But I, I do think this, in fairness to Schefter, like, whenever we finish recording, I'm going to go to the gym. I bet someone mentions just. My God, that was crazy. Just oh, stuff well, like no, that. That is, no that is a, it is a topic people are it like, It was crazy. I'm just saying a four-game suspension is a significant suspension, but no one talks about it like it's a significant suspension anymore because we've had so many people suspended for four games because we've had so many people suspended because everybody needs everybody suspended. For a guy that's never been suspended before in his life. He writes poems. He writes poems. You, I think it's pretty extreme if he gets six games and loses pay for I six do too. games. Like that. but, That's but, pretty intense. But if that happens, that'll be partly a response to how if you had to get, If you had to guess right now, do you think he ends up getting more than six? Like, is he missing week one, 2020? I don't think... That, that would be crazy. nuts, right? It's hard for me to gauge because I think so much is about, like, public perception, but... I, I, yeah, they, that, to me, it's, that would be outright. That would be so over the top. If it carries into next year. Six yeah. is enough. Like, he's, he was punished, you know? Like you said, why does everyone worry so much about what other people's punishments are? Because we... So fucking I think, worry about your goddamn self, people. I think if you just... Society historically is very... It, we're just obsessed with punishment. Somebody getting hanged in the town square, everybody's going to come wide. Everyone needs to be punished for everything. Like, severely. But, but I get it, like... You, I'd be okay with hangings. Like you shoot someone, I'll hang you. Into, like I, okay, you know, I, I obviously yeah, no, change societally, but I understand like criminals, but like stuff that I, I don't know. I yeah, I, I just mean, think this, we're punishment obsessed. Cr- yeah, we are. Do you, don't you? Would you agree? The world kind of is because well, I yes, our I'm saying humans are. are I'm, this is not, I'm, this is not a 2019 sports comment. This is just remember, a human. We are obsessed. With remember when we, were in, when we were like in high school, maybe junior high. And that kid did something in India and got, like, taken to the center of town and whipped or lashed. I, I vividly remember that. I do not remember maybe, that. Maybe we were in college. It was a big story. I don't remember. You're right. I mean, we're, we're obsessed with fucking punishments. As someone that, you know, kind of toasts the line sometimes and maybe doing, you know, I don't want to say illegal stuff. But, like, I'm just leave people alone. Just let, you know, on something like this. This is... Criminal activity for sure. Punish. My, but. I, what I, again? My point is just 
we go over the top to satisfy everybody. Well, the one thing I've learned... But you never anything, satisfy everybody. What's impossible. It's why I don't give a shit really what anyone thinks anymore. I tell my mom that all the time. Stop worrying about what other people think. John, you're you use a report in a Facebook post? You're, you're never going to no. please it. No. <laughs> well, my mom actually... I got a text like a month ago. Like, hey, bro, I think your mom's been spammed. I'm like, yeah, man. I, I don't. Oh, really I know. I got a DM from her. Yeah, it's uh, it was porn. I'm like, yeah, I mean, should I even let her know? <laughs> oh, I know. I opened it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you think Joan's a porn watcher? I was like, Joan, what, what is she damning me about? Oh, wait. That's, that's, she didn't mean to do that. Uh, all right. Since we last did the pod, we got the, what? Just funny. We got the uh, Niners ratings. We got, the Niners got flexed twice the same day. I guess we don't. Did they get moved to Saturday? Is that what the Rams game was? Or we just don't quite know the time yet of that game? Were they already playing on Saturday? It was not clear to me. I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly didn't spend much time looking. I thought, I don't think you can flex days. I think they were already playing on Saturday. Because remember those last two weeks when college football kind of ends? Yeah. They play like two or three games on Saturday. And they just chose, like, it, it was kind of like a... They just placed the three games there on Saturday, TBD times, and then by this time they know the better game and they flex that one. I don't think they changed. You can't change games, or excuse me, days. days. It's why when everyone, when people go like, you know, uh, why can't they flex Monday Night Football? Well, it's impossible. They have to do the travel shit, you know, in six months ago. You're just stuck. So... I think that they just got flexed that night. I don't, I'm not sure what the other games were. But the Packer game was a legitimate, like, that to me was a pretty big deal. But it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Like, that's yeah. a big-ass game. Yeah, it just, it, but it just it it, uh, it works out well that it comes up so quick. But they do have... I also yeah. think the, the enormous rating they had, like we had said, Thursday night football, it'd be Monday night football every day this, or every, you know, head-to-head this year, the Niners didn't lose. Now you got. I'm. I, we're just saying the night. Like Russell Wilson plays a part in that too. Like Niners, Russell Wilson. But the Niners are the. But the Niners the flex. League. They flex the Seahawks out. It's not really yeah. the Seahawks that they flexed out. But it was just their yeah. game. But it was it was Seahawks Philly right. Like that's if Philly beats the like Philly might be a the might win the NFC East. I mean it's not like that's if I just told you Seattle Philly was a Sunday night game you'd be like okay I'm ready that's a good game right. That's yeah. a that's when you say that out loud, it sounds like a Sunday night football game. Team that won the Super Bowl two years ago and the MVP of the league. So it, to me, it what it did feel like is less than twelve hours later. I think the league realizes this is their most powerful West Coast brand by a mile when it comes to television ratings. People just watch. Uh, so I, I wasn't. I, I I was more shocked to just usually don't get two in a day, you know. Usually now it was unique the timing, right? The Saturday game it wasn't like they got two Sunday night games, but that was like whoa. Highest rated Bay Area football game of the last two decades. Remember hard we, to hard to compare, I think, to like the Steve Young Niners. Uh, well, look, I mean, I think what changes is the raw number, just like the pure millions, right? The amount of people that used to watch. Like, people always say, what's the one they always use? Uh, MASH. Dallas? What, what did you say, Nash? MASH. Oh, MASH. That. Yeah, MASH they always use, and there's always like, who killed... You know that show? It's from the 80s. Someone listening who's a little older than us might remember. It's like, 
who killed Johnny? It's like the finale of <laughs> Dallas did like some insane number. Like 68 million people watching. Yeah, just something stupid. Like MASH is one. The Seinfeld finale is one. It got a massive... Like, well, I think I think MASH is legitimately still to this day oh, I the think most right. watched television show. Like 97 million. Cheers, I read a line one time, was like the third most watched. I just started watching it on Netflix. The problem is the show starts in like 1981. It's a little dated. Like there are some references like, whoa, that's pretty racist. I don't know if you can pull that off. But you realize like... There were millions upon millions of people watching that. That's just not the case now on any show. The, the football gets more people to watch than any other show on television. So the raw number is harder, but when you do a 30 locally, 31, whatever, we talked a while ago about a potential, I think at the time it was with the Niners Rams get flexed to Sunday night, and if they did, what would the number be? And we guessed, I think I, think I said like a 32. So we'll see Packers. Now we got this Packers game, Sunday night football. Yeah, it's it's a massive number. And yet, like the game, they had house money. The funny thing with house money is the second you lose house money, now you're playing with your own money. And so can now I they got to beat I, the... Can I raise my hand? <laughs> you lost house money and now you're playing with your own money? Uh, I, I turned $150 into about $900. <clears throat> I texted our buddy Fortinball yesterday. I was like, I was doing some work and had just daily wager on in the back. And some reason I turned it up on a certain... At a certain point, yeah. the dude was breaking down Mavericks, Knicks, love the over, and gave like eight points. I'm like, God, this guy fucking makes sense. So I took about $300 from my profits. But again, it wasn't it wasn't in my bank account. It was just in my, my bookie account, which had like $700 worth of profits. I'm like, I'll throw a little there. I'll throw a little on the Thursday night football game. And I wake up today, and all my profits are gone. So my house money, it was cool mm. I had it, but I don't have it anymore. Mm. I'm well, actually $50 in the hole. Yeah, well, now the Niners got to beat the Cardinals, John. Must win which game? is kind of a, which is somewhat of a weird spot. I, I think it's one hundred percent a must-win game when you just look at their schedule. I mean, th- their next three games are murderers row. I, could you set up a tougher stretch? I, I think you, it'd be tough to. I'm not saying a hypothetical one where you can make the teams. I'm just saying if you looked at all the teams in the league, their toughest three-game stretch of the league: Packers at home, at Baltimore, at New Orleans. Would be as tough as any, right? Well, wouldn't you argue they're playing three of the four best teams in the NFL in a three? They are. I mean, there's no. Yeah. Wouldn't you yeah. argue it's the their bet? They have the best. They're eight and one. The Patriots are eight and one. The next three best teams are the Ravens, the Packers, and the Saints. Yes. By a measure of record, those are the next three best records, and I te- those are who we think the next three best teams are. Yeah, and two of them are on the road. And not only that, I would say if we broke the league up into tiers, like. The Ravens would be above the Texans, right? Well, God, the, so ra- the guy, the Ravens beat the Patriots, they so they have the to be in the top tier. And then you would say in the NFC, after Packers Saints, that's where the drop off occurs. So would, wouldn't you have right now four teams in the top tier in the NFC? Because Seattle beat the Niners, so if you're going to have a Niners in the tier, they got to be there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that the Saints, Packers, and Seahawks are. You're saying the Seahawks are on the same tier with the Packers and the Saints. I think you'd have to put them there right now. Yeah, you're right. So, like, they're, so really, they're playing four out of five weeks in a row, the top tier in the NFL, without the Patriots. Because someone DM'd me, they're like, Middlecoff, you're pretty confident that this is a lock playoff team. But if they were to fuck up this weekend, are we sure they're a lock playoff team? And you start doing the math, because his point was, even if they won two games down the stretch, let's say they beat Arizona, beat Atlanta, or LA, or whatever. They go two and six down the stretch. So you start eight and zero, you go two and six. 
there is a chance that 10 wins doesn't get you in as the wild card, right? Just depending on how it all plays out. Because even like a team like Philly, we're like, oh, Philly's fucked. Well, what if Philly ends up 10 and 6? And depending on all these tiebreakers, you just never know. You so never know. I will say, I think it feel, right now it feels like the second place team, the NFC West. And, uh, but again, I'm just doing the, I'm just doing, I'm not doing what it feels. I'm just doing raw numbers, like yeah, what yeah. your record will be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. The, I'm just saying to me, right now, the NFC West and the NFC North are just ahead of people. But you're right. I would I, imagine in the history of the NFL, since they've gone to 16 games, do you think a team has ever started 8 0 and missed the playoffs? I would say zero chance, right? I, the percent, yeah, I don't think so. It's just, be, how could you be, how could you go eight games and then end up miss? It, it'd be, you'd have to catastrophically implode, especially when you have home games. Like, if you win, if you beat the Cardinals, you are 100% a lock in. Because you've got to win two of your last six games. Right. Like it's it's over, you know? But they got to win this game. And this is, it's not like the Cardinals or the Redskins, right? Or the Dolphins. Or, I mean, they are kind of frisky. And the, and I also think you're coming off a game where that was just a heavyweight fight. And now you got to play short rest, right? Because you did play Monday night, late Monday night. The extra little 10 minutes is not nothing. It's not, I think, people are acting like, you play five quarters. Well, not really because it's only a 10-minute quarter. But I hear you. It's definitely more football. Whereas everyone started screaming in the stadium, free football! <laughs> you know, uh, kind of. We paid a lot for these uh, tickets. Well, I didn't, but uh, thanks, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, you got to win this game. If you win this game, to me, you can kind of take a deep breath. But when you factor in, again, it's not official official, because Kyle had to come back. I guess he originally told the Arizona reporters that Kittle was out. Schefter immediately tweets it. And then I think they realize, like, maybe he kind of misspoke. But he's out. He's I heard during the game on Monday before Monday Night Football, like, yeah, he'd probably be out another week. And someone someone was tweeting at me today, like, is it kind of mysterious? We don't really know what his injury is. Like, yeah, a little bit. Right? He had a fucked up ankle before the Arizona game. And then he got a helmet to the knee. Yeah. If I, I'm just going to play. It seems like that's the injury. I got multiple state school degrees. One uh, says ag business. The other says uh, sports science or something. Uh, not a doctor. I'm going to guess it's like a deep bruise in his knee that just yeah. is pretty painful. Right? And I wonder if at 8-0, <clears throat> you can go, listen, we got to have this guy healthy for the stretch. Like, we're getting a stretch here. With those three games, but then it's not just those three games. Like Atlanta's no pushover, and then you got LA and Seattle. So you're like, we need this guy to win three of those six games, right? Or four of those six games. This guy is the best player on our team. Let's take a deep breath. He wasn't, let's say, maybe able to go to Seattle, but let's even hold him back against Arizona. I, I, I'm just guessing. I don't have any inside information on this. But to me, when Barros is tweeting on Monday night that he sees him walking around, like I don't think it's like season, you know, it's not. His season's not in jeopardy or whatever. I just wonder if they're being extra cautious with this, given his impact. Because his impact is is just enormous. I mean, he's he's there. It's one of those where when you say like a non-quarterback guy, when you say like that guy's their best player, there's always some argument. Like you just say, George Kittle's the 49ers' best player. Even on a place like Twitter, would anyone argue with you? No. You know, it's like, even like, Luke Keekley's the Panthers' best player. You I might get, some, I mean, you might get some, I, well, what about Bosa? Or Boza? 
as one person. What, but what what did uh uh I heard Brent Jones uh say the other day that he called Booger Snot Nose or Loogie or something. He was just making fun of him, like the nickname. <laughs> what did Booger call Salah? Salah. Salah. Yeah. But do you think Tesla sometimes, and I do, I do this sometimes. They're doing it to piss people off. Like no. they know I won't say. It, or you just think he just screwed up the name. I think screwed up the name, which I've I've screwed up names before. But to go like you did, you called a guy a thing for a whole game, and then you come back the next game, and you're still calling him that. Like no one said. Probably we know somebody said something. According, if to Haberman you. was calling a Monday Night Football game, what would be the number one thing you'd focus on? Getting the names right. Getting the yes, getting the names right, and just understanding person like the personnel situations both teams are in, right? Like, just like here's a basic level. George Kittle's out. Ross Dwelly's in. So the Niners are without their best tight end tonight. That's an important piece of context, right? Yeah. I know so it sounds you, super basic, but we're talking about the very first things. Pronouncing so the names you, right. Whenever you see the second tight end come in, you're locked in. You know it's Dwelly and Toliolo. Right, and it's like, so oh, here, here's, his name. here's, I'd have to get his name right, and then you'd say, if he catches a pass, that's an important thing because he doesn't ever catch passes, really. Right. Yeah. He doesn't. That's he's not right. in situations to block a lot. That's Those type. If you're on your, if you're on a rookie running back because two other guys are hurt, what happens in blitz protection? Those sorts of things. Yeah. Little nuggets, and then you throw it to the analyst. He's got to fucking hammer it home. Why? You, right. You're pretty as the play-by-play guy in football. Pretty dependent on that analyst being good, right? Because you're. You're John Stockton throwing him a lot yeah, of passes. Yeah, TV in general is more of an anal- – it's the analyst's show more so. There's a lot of more- pressure on them to deliver. There is. Especially in football where there's just a lot happening and they got to see it quickly. So is there a chance that Joe Testador thinks that, like, if I had a better partner, I, people would look at me like I'm pretty good? I would imagine he thinks that because I would. You always got to blame others, you know, when you think you're good. <laughs> I mean, it is a double-digit line, which feels a little high. What is it right now? Ten and a half. Wow. I think coming off a Monday night game that was a war zone, missing several players. You see, oh, I forgot to – Matt Breda, out. Mm. Guy's ankles. I mean, God, get the guy some Steph Curry ankle wrap. I will say this. I don't know. This might be a convenient narrative. Maybe this isn't actually – doesn't work like this. But I do wonder if – the fact that the Niners didn't win the first meeting, like twenty-seven to ten, helps them this time around. Well, what do you think? But or, a, or at the end of the day, it's just like they're a good football team. That's the problem: is that they're they've got some juice to them. Who? Just, no, I shouldn't say the Cardinals are a good football team. Just the fact yeah, that they played they, you close they, they means you should be suck, concerned yeah. about them. I think they. I think they definitely don't suck, and they just have a unique player who happens to be their quarterback. It's one thing like they have a unique player, but he's Chandler Jones. Like I can scheme around him. Right, it's hard to like Kyler Murray. Like, what, what he just is what he is. Like his playing style, he dictates the terms. So it's and here's the other thing. Like you watch Lamar, who's actually an improved thrower. He doesn't throw the ball ball like Kyler. I mean, Kyler is throwing frozen ropes. Like it's when you see Kyler play, and I think most 49er fans, let's call it what it is, no one's watching Arizona Cardinal football. I mean, they're playing on 10 a.m. games when they're traveling. No one's watching them. They, they are, they're the opposite of the Niners. They generate zero ratings. They're piggybacking off teams like the Niners this year when it comes to the media money comes out. But when you do watch them, you immediately think, God, this guy is not bad. You know? 
Yep. I was talking to a buddy yesterday in the league who was who's evaluating some doing a bunch of, you know, just work on guys in the league getting updated grades for their team. And he's like, you know, Danny Dimes, he's just your classic young player. He can do some one play where he looks awesome and he can do just the dumbest shit going. And we were talking about like Mason Rudolph and just talking about a lot of young players that basically you talk about them the same. Like, you know, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you watch Kyler, you see a lot more good than bad. Like, you go, God, he's I really agree. accurate. He's got a really strong arm. When he throws the ball, there's no lollipop to it. Like, Russell, I think part of his lollipop is that's how he – I think he's so accurate. Like, he doesn't – the ropes are only when a guy's wide open. A lot of times he's throwing – because they don't have great wide receivers throwing to guys that are in somewhat covered situations. So, he puts a little arc on it to be advantageous to the wide receiver. It's actually just brilliant. It's the highest level of football. Kyler is throwing a lot of just frozen ropes that are hitting guys in stride. He has, Josh Jacobs probably going to win the offensive rookie of the year and well-deserved, especially with the Raiders, who are right now in the sixth seed. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, uh, but Kyler, if Kyler has some moments, like you beat the Niners and you beat Seattle or something down the stretch, like he could throw his hat back in the ring, right? Because clearly every single person that you hear talk about Kyler, no one says he's not good. Given like his team's pretty shitty, his coach is a little over his head. Like it's been impressive. Don't you think young quarterback? It's it's not always obvious how good a guy is going to be, but it's pretty easy to jump on this guy's. This guy is not ready for this pretty quickly, and that's not what you think when you see him. What would you guess right now? Like how many touchdowns Kyler has? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let's do his whole stat line. I'm gonna say he's. Uh, you have his, all his stats right there. Yeah. I'm gonna say he's. Sixty-three um, percent. Uh, Nailed it. Really. Sixty-three-nine. So you, okay. you're percent off. Um, I'm gonna say he's. I've, uh, I was always a big roundup guy. I always try yeah, to get the little I'm better with, grade. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. Uh, I'm gonna say he's. I honestly haven't looked at it. Um, how many yards do you think he's throwing for per game? Two thirty, two ninety. Oh shit! Okay, so um, should I go a little higher on my touchdowns than I thought? Um, no, I mean, he's... I'm gonna say like I was gonna say like uh, fourteen touchdowns, seven picks, twelve five. Okay. So yes. I mean, his quarterback rating's 90. I mean, he's just been solid. But he's not, like, he averages six yards a carry. He's not, he only has 59 attempts. Like, he's not running, I think, as much as you think. Like, I bet if I looked at, uh, what's his name, Lamar, I'd be shocked if his attempts aren't lower. No, like, double what Kyler is. I, I, whenever I watch Kyler, I don't feel he runs that much. I guess fe- when I say that, I mean feels like when you watch Lamar, like part of the game plan is him running options, yeah, and, and running, uh, and just using his legs are a big part of their operation. Yeah, I mean Lamar has double the carries. Lamar has 106 carries. I mean, guy Lamar, Lamar's gonna rush for over a thousand yards. <laughs> Mars having a hell of a season. God damn. I like Kyler, though. Impressed. Not going to lie. Impressed. 
Got to win the football game, John. If they weren't playing the next three games that they were playing, you'd say you can afford, you'd hate to lose to the Cardinals, but you can afford just to have a little bit of a letdown given how significant overtime, dramatic loss, more so just physically taxing. Can't do it. Well, lo- losing back-to-back games is one forty-nine. Yeah, just can't do it. Seahawks yeah. are too good. Like the, the if, as you said, playoffs don't go out the window, but the one or the two seed does. Yeah, I would agree there. Um, all right, before we get to the Raiders, John, let's tell the people about sleep number. Oh, yeah, how'd you sleep? You're looking fresh. I got home late. Great. How'd you I'm sleep? Fantastic. After I slept in a little bit. Got home just before 1 o'clock. Sleep impacts your creativity. Good thing I got it for this. Mood, patience, willpower, physical mental health. One-third of your life, you spend it asleep. In the bed. Make you it know. a sleep number 360 smart bed. Yep, guy. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's where it is. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Uh, like you said, the beds allow you to adjust on each side to your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. Sleep number 360 smart bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably. Guy throughout the night. That's key. Good night's sleep. Like you said, it, 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 he, they are right. It impacts your creativity. When you get a good night's sleep, your brains, and I call them the pistons upstairs, they start firing, and you're ready to roll. Uh, because the sleep IQ technology inside the bed, it tracks how you're sleeping, so you can uh, know every morning how well you slept. Think how awesome that is. Yeah, it's great. Experience the smart, effortless comfort of the Sleep Number 360 smart bed during the Veterans Day sale. Save $1,000 on new Sleep Number 360 special edition smart beds now, only $17.99, plus additional exclusive savings for military and vets. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 600 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the nearest one to you. And this is very important, John, for everybody listening right now. Just go to sleepnumber.com slash ham to find out where the nearest Sleep Number store is to you. Everyone listening right now, just... Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Whether you're going there today or you just, again, I'm telling you, just you just want to be aware of your surroundings, go to sleepnumber.com slash ham just to see where the nearest Sleep Number store is, John. Just go to the website just to see, just to find out. I feel you, dog. SeatGeek. I love my, my uh, friends, the SeatGeek guy. Go to the SeatGeek app. Just check on your phone. We all got smartphones. Uh, to go to a Niner game, you literally have to have a smartphone. That's the only way. There are no such Giants thing as hard too. tickets. It's only phones. Uh, I would imagine that's not the way at the O.co. Uh, a lot of people have hard tickets, but uh, at the call at the, I, I think it's actually an NFL thing. Someone told me, so maybe it is a thing at the Coliseum. It's all uh, all online. Well, what's the easiest way to get online tickets? Our friends at SeatGeek, download the SeatGeek app, promo code Ham, get yourself a little ten dollar discount. But it's not just sporting events, guy. Comedy, theater. Uh, you want to go watch Hamilton? I don't even know if Hamilton's still playing on Broadway, but if you're oh, ever yeah, in New in York. Oh, yeah, it's in San Francisco. Oh, you go? I've seen it, yeah. Was it good? It was powerful, John. I've oh. been listening to the mixtape soundtrack ever since. No hey, joke, C- that's true. Seeky C- C- guy, just download the damn app and then use our promo code and, and be part of the fun. And everyone's always looking. This is probably, we get a lot of promo code requests. This is probably at, near at the top of the list. Share it because everyone wants it. Everybody's always looking for a SeatGeek promo code. Uh, All right, the Raiders. In, I mean, the Steelers thing helped them last night. Big time. In playoff position right now. And now they're playing the Bengals this week. So things seem to be falling right for them. Uh, They've won two in a row. they got to go to the Jets next. But when you look at things right now in the AFC playoff race, they're in great shape. um, Despite the fact that, 
I don't, I don't want to say they've missed opportunities, but they had some challenges and, and they've come out okay on the other side. There would be a couple ways you'd want it to go differently, but the fact is they played the Colts, they beat them. That's going to wear really well. Well, it's wearing um, well right now, guy. I have yeah. the uh, <clears throat> American Football Conference rankings, and they're in, <clears throat> they're in sixth place because the Colts and them have the same record, but they have the tie to tie head, you know, head to head. So that's uh, the Colts have a big fucking game this week against Jacksonville. I mean this this is where we were talking last week, right? About these AFC South games could end up being pretty big. They still play Tennessee and they still play Jacksonville, who are Pittsburgh might just be fucked now because Mason sucks, but then Tennessee and Jacksonville are floating. This is about to get interesting with the AFC South. The Buffalo Bills play the Dolphins this week, so I, I think it's probably fair to say they'll more than likely be 7-3. and three. But if, if they slip up, the Raiders are right on their heels too. Do, do, are the Raiders going to go to the playoffs? I'm not ready to say that yet. I think part of it is the math. Part of it is how you would look. Would you say above 50%? Yeah, I mean they're in it right now, and I don't love any of the other teams they're racing against. And they're gonna con- that's the beauty, like you said, they're gonna control. So- they're gonna control a lot of this, so I feel pretty good about it. Does it matter to you? Is there a difference between? Because to me, they win this week. They're six and four. That's great. Does it matter how it looks? Just in terms of how you feel about them, Bengals at home. Like does twenty three to twenty affect anything, or is yeah, it just a little win bit a game, just because just because the good playoff teams have killed the Bengals. And I get coaches, it's the NFL, you get their best shot, but this is the type of matchup where the Raiders should kind of dominate them. I mean, there are Andy Dalton's bench. They're, they're playing with Ryan Lindley, the kid from NC State. Like, they suck, guy. They are really, really bad. I, the Raiders, I don't ever feel comfortable betting double-digit lines, right, with non, like, the elites of the NFL. Like, that is pretty risky. It's still the NFL. I, 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 I just wouldn't bet this game, but the Raiders should should cover the spread. To me, the bigger question mark is, it's kind of, are the Raiders at the point, because I'm doing it right now, I'm just assuming they're 6-4. and four. Like I don't even, I just, I'm, they're 6-4. and four. Next week's going to be a little different, depending on how the Jets look this week against uh, the Redskins. I, I'm not going to just lock them, you know, but this week I'm just giving them a lock win. Yeah. Are you doing, I mean, it, it feels like everyone's doing that. Isn't kind of crazy. Yeah, and like that I that I am comfortable with. Is that just given how shitty the Bengals have been? Yes, because they have and, been historically pretty bad. And I think when we look at the Raiders, the games they've lost at Houston, okay, at Green Bay, okay, at Minnesota, okay. They really haven't had any. First of all, they haven't played anybody this bad yet. Well, they're four losses to four playoff teams. Yeah, and then Kansas City at home. So the the only home game was Kansas City Week Two that they've lost. So. They're like, if we just said, here's what Team X has done, here's what Team Y has done, Raiders or Team X, you'd say, no brain, winner. In fairness to them, just given the way the Chiefs have lost four of the last six games, they are not out of the division race. No, they're not. But that's where they've got to win this week, they've got to win next week, and then, John, they go there, and as we've been saying, I'll say it again, I can't say it enough, it will feel like the biggest game of this, of Derek Carr's career. And certainly since the Raiders went to the playoffs, it's going to be the biggest. It will be the biggest game they've played since they went to the playoffs at Kansas City if they take care of business these next two weeks. There is a chance that if the Raiders, I mean, they're not, there's actually probably a decent chance the Raiders win this weekend. You know where the Monday night Kansas City Charger game is? Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. 
So that could get a little weird. You know, I did read today, or I mean earlier this week, who the Chargers play last week? Uh, play the Raiders. Thursday, Thursday night, football. night football. They went out to, do you know what they did? They went out to the Air Force Academy. They've been there all week. And the players have been bitching and moaning. Like, this is bullshit. It's not like, remember when the Patriots played in Denver and they stayed at the Air Force Academy and then they played the Raiders in Mexico? Yeah. But they were, they were already just in Denver. Well, the Chargers copied them, but they were already like at home. Like, it was Thursday night football. They went home. Then they flew on Monday to Colorado. They've spent all week in Colorado. And the players have been like open with candid with their quotes. Like, this sucks. This is stupid. Why are we here? Kind of mad. I mean, it's kind of a bad look for some of them. But what if they were to beat the Chiefs and then all of a sudden the Chiefs are 6-5 and five and the Raiders are in first place? It's not out of the realm of possibility because the Chargers are that team that, like, yeah, it's going to look weird more than likely, right? It's mm-hmm. not just going to be... If you had to guess the Monday Night Football score, it'd probably be something like 35-28. to 28. Just in a close... You know, it's not going to be some blowout more than likely. Well... I also just think, we've talked about this, when you don't play defense, you're just in weird games. Like, the Chiefs don't play defense, so they just end up in some weird games where you think, I think they're better, but... Very true. But they could lose today. So Very true. There's a chance on Tuesday morning the Raiders are winning the NFC or AFC West. With it, yeah. You see Brett Farr said that he thought John Gruden should be coach of the year. I did see that. If, if the Raiders win the AFC West... West if the Raiders win the AFC West, I'll say this. I'd have to eat a little bunch of crow. I already have. I mean, they're going to win seven, eight games, minimum. He would have to win the coach of the year. I, I don't even think that any 14-15 win team, what John Gruden winning the AFC West would be more impressive than Kyle going 13-3 and or Harbaugh going 14-2. and Would you agree with that statement? Harbaugh going 14-2 and would be pretty damn impressive. Um, what about Harbaugh going twelve and four with Lamar? Yeah, I mean, but winning the AFC West with not just a team, not you don't have the most talented team in the division, not even close. You don't even have a top. You they're not more talented than the Chargers. Not only did the Antonio Brown thing happen, but the Vontaze Perfect thing happened. Yeah, they've had injuries to overcome. Went on a historically long road trip. Yeah, it would be an incredible accomplishment. He'd be deserving for sure. Even if, like, we could make argument, you could make an argument for fourteen win John Harbaugh, but Gruden would have just as Gruden would have. He'd be just as deserving. I don't so, think Harbaugh's going to go fourteen. Two, probably more likely thirteen and three or twelve and four. But Lef- what about Lafleur thirteen and three, in the number one seed? That'd be that'd be impressive. Do, yeah, but I think we'd say that one would be, and and you could maybe you could make this case for. Like, the difference in that argument would be, well, does John Harbaugh call the offense? No. LaFleur doesn't call the defense and his quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers. Gruden is the offensive coordinator, and that is the strength of the team. LaFleur does call the offense, though. Well, I know, but I'm saying he is not first in line and credit on that offense. Aaron is. Yeah. I'm just, and, I'm just building all the narratives. Did, and, and LaFleur had nothing to do with the defense. They literally told him, you're keeping this guy. And he's like, okay. Like, he didn't have the juice. You know, he had to say yes. So, big game. We got a couple big... We got a little uh, 1 o'clock uh, back-to-back Raider-Niner games at the same time. 
which is fine because the Bengal Raider game probably be a little bit of a you know the, I mean the Raiders should kill them. To me, that game has like twenty eight nothing written all over. I just, I hope you're right. Or the Niner game to me might just be interesting because I think Kyler might kind of keep it close. <laughs> yeah, they got some issues, man. Just to get through because of those injuries. But then I, I think going into the headlines, mm-hmm. the one game you should be keeping an eye on if you're a Raider fan, would you rather have – because I think you kind of have to – Buffalo's probably going to win. Like, obviously, you'd want the Dolphins to win, but that's that might be a stretch. What about Jacksonville at Indy? Indy and you have the same record, but you hold the tiebreaker. So if you're going to win and they're going to win, it doesn't matter. But if Jacksonville beats Indy – then all of a sudden they'd be 500 and they still play you and there's they got Foles coming back, they'd actually be kind of a threat, guy, because they do have a bunch of talent. Now, I think they play Houston twice down the stretch like their their next, you know, several games are like at the Colts, at the Titans, Bucks, Chargers, at Raiders, Falcons, Colts. But they're I wouldn't call them dead by any means, would you? No. So, if you're a Raider fan, I think you root for Indy to win that game just so you can kind of knock Jacksonville out. Because I will you, say you don't mind just sustaining with Indy. You have the you have right. the tiebreaker. Just eliminate the most of these teams. You can just kind of start crossing off the list. Yeah, because yeah. you yeah. want that would Houston, probably be you want Houston to beat Baltimore if you're a Raider fan because you want Houston to win the division. Because if Indy keeps winning and they keep winning and somehow Indy ends up winning the division, that's where you no longer have the tiebreaker with Houston, right? Right. You want Houston to win that division like 11-5, 12-4. Just win that division. and let. If you're a Raider fan, you want to go toe-to-toe with Indy. And you would probably like Jacksonville and Tennessee to lose some games. You don't want to really mess with them. Because you end up playing them, and those two teams are pretty solid. Well, the next two weeks, because by the way, the Jags go to the Titans in two weeks. So they play Indy at Indy this week, at Tennessee next week. So their season's going to be make, made or broken here in these next two weeks, in all likelihood. Coming off a bye with Foles coming back. You're just, yeah, just them independently in a vacuum. Yeah, yep. Because if um, they win those couple games, and all of a sudden Foles comes back, and they're 6-5, and five and they've won a couple games, they're going to be feeling pretty good, right? Like, we can get 10 and 6. Totally. Here's the other thing. The Cowboys, like, the Cowboys suck. The Cowboys are buried. The Cowboys, what? why is Jason Garrett smirking? I saw that tweet this weekend. Matt Stafford's out. Yeah. They win this week. They're 6 and 4. They're playing at the Lions. That's um, I, I think it's Philly's at home against the, give, Just give them a win. <laughs> Philly's playing the Pats. So, Cowboys are in pretty good shape this week with a win. You think Philly... I, I think Philly's going to win that game. I don't know. You I do? just have a weird feeling. But okay. just in Philly, they're coming off a bye. Kind Aren't of the a, Pats coming off Pats a loss. Are, Pat, Pats are coming off a bye too. I mean, their last yeah. game was a loss to uh, Baltimore. That's just a, that's a pretty fucking good game. You know, I if if you tell me that the Niners and Raider games are kind of boring, can we just whoever's in charge of the media around these parts just flip it on that thing? Mm-hmm. That's I want to watch that. Bears Rams Sunday night. That's a pretty big game, too, just in the sense of it's kind of a uh, a draft game. I mean, if you're the Raiders and you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of these teams has to lose. And whatever team loses, you're going to be like, well, that pick's going to be pretty decent. If the Rams lose this game, they would have lost, I think, three straight games, would be 5-5, five and five, and basically unofficially eliminated from the NFC playoffs. They'd be in shambles, guy. 
I mean, they are kind of in shambles right now, but this would be a bad loss. Sunday night football. I mean, people are already kind of shitting on McVay. And when I say shitting on McVay, people are like, oh, it's just how fickle. No one's being fickle. McVay was awesome the first two years, and everyone in the league is just like, yeah, he's not really a, he's, he just keeps running the same things. That's not shitting on him. That's just saying part of being a big-time coach is you can't keep throwing fastballs. Like, Sean, you've got to throw another pitch. Like, you got to incorporate some screens. you got to incorporate something. Just something that you're not doing. That's part of being a dynamic coach. That's why when you watch Sean Payton, you watch Andy Reid, you know, even Kyle, like, they can just do all the... They're not dependent on one thing working. They, they can do 10 different things. And I think Sean, and I think this is understandable, he's just a really young coach, so he doesn't have as much to rely on, right? Of like, well, we did this back in 2004. Like, even Kyle, for a younger guy is eight years older than Sean and has been in the league seven years longer. So you just see more shit that I think that's kind of hurt McVay this year. Yeah. Just because he has go-to things that he uses, that he's comfortable with. Well, when those get taken away, you got to become comfortable with other stuff. And I think we thought it was going to happen this offseason, and it didn't. My question is, like, does this offseason, does he come back like Sean McVay? Spent, spent March, spent seven days with Lincoln Riley. You know, shit like that. Like, I, that'd be something small. Or spend some time with Urban Meyer. I don't know. Just, just kind of learn some other stuff. Right. Like, that to me is his next area of growth. And I, I watch enough. Like, I follow the Rams, so I end up just watching some of his press conference on Periscope. He's not an idiot. You know, I mean, clearly. <laughs> I'm not Captain Obvious here, but I, I don't think he, he was pretty affected last week. I watched his post-game press conference after the game. Like, he knows he's getting his ass kicked. You know, I think he's kind of – you usually draw a line in the sand or you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Which is hard to do during a season. You're kind of stuck. Yeah. Like, hey, Jared, uh, can we run the option? Like, it, 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 you're right. It is what it is. But I, the one thing you can during, during this, do during the season, right – is throw some plays that can get some positive yardage with the group you have. Yeah. Just try to find a couple of them. Just some go-to things like on third and four that we can use. I, I do. If they can find a way to win nine games this year, I know on the balance that's not an impressive season for them, coming off 11 wins and then coming off 13 wins. Um, but at least just kind of set it just in the, in the grand scheme, if they make some adjustments offensively, they get better. If his down year over a five-year period, say, we look back, is nine wins, even if it's eight wins. Because there's a big difference if he ends up going six and ten this year, right, or nine and seven. Or even eight and eight. Like, not ideal, but it's happened to teams coming off of Super Bowls. Wouldn't you say that kind of defines Pete? Since he's got Russell Wilson, his worst year is nine and seven. Yeah, I I say it all the time. I think, like, the the football references over five, six, seven, eight-year periods, college football is a big – I think this really works in college football. What are your lows? What are your worst moments? Um, I mean, your worst seasons. Like, check out Harbaugh's football reference since, like, 07. You know? He's not, he's not as great as we thought he was. You're talking about Jim or John? I'm talking about Jim. Yeah, it really applies. John has had a couple lows, but they've J- J- John, they had they had, a, they had a, like, I think, like, 14 or 15, a bad Flacco season. Yeah, but remember that year they lost, like, every game by a point or two? You remember that? That was the year they had that crazy finish. What was the deal with the field goal at the end? Do you remember they had that wild finish 
where they lose a game, like were they trying to kneel and fumbled or yeah, something just, crazy happened? They they had some. You're right. They, they had some. The, they took some weird penalties. Oh, was wasn't it Monday Night Football? I don't think so. So the I year that they Sunday had the afternoon. crazy year. So I'm gonna go. Just you're right. It's 15, 11 and five. Here's John Harbaugh. John. 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 8 and 8, 10 and 6. Outlier year, 5 and 11, 8 and 8, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, now 7 and 2. Like you realize his one year, and I think you're right, that was the year. Then they start like 1 and 6, and every game was legitimately yes. a game winning field goal or a game loss fumble. Or remember one play, they got like stuffed on the goal line of like playing the Broncos. You subtract that 5 and 11. Everything is 500 or better with the Super Bowl and with playoff wins. And, th- and this year's kind of a muscle flex for them. The Harbaugh's are fucking ass kickers, guy. I mean, they are. They don't. You try to hold them down, I dare you. John, that year, so they start, they go, they lose 19 to 13, 37 33, 28 to 24, win in overtime by three, lose in overtime by three, lose by five. This week is the 5 season. Yeah, week seven is the first game that's even separated by double figures, and they lost that one 26-18. Then they win by three, have a bye, lose by two, win by three, lose by seven. Sorry, win by seven, lose by two. They don't. They get blown out week 14. They get blown out week 15. They win by three week 16. So it was kind of over by 14, though. But still, I mean, it was it was a miracle to get to 5-11 and because, like you said, they started 1-6. They were they were yeah, they were two and seven in middle of November and finished five and eleven. Which I guess isn't that impressive, but So really people talk about like, well, they weren't that good. Well, beside the five and eleven year, the next two years with Flacco, they went eight and eight, nine seven. And there was a play, remember Antonio Brown scores, puts the ball over the on the nine and seven year in seventeen that they were playing to win the division. And it was like week seventeen, they're playing the the Steelers. It was an incredible game. Antonio reaches the ball over the field. Remember, it was crazy. Ben threw him the ball like on a quick slant, and they were at, like the six yard line. I remember Uzcheck had just had a crazy touchdown the previous series. I mean, it was basically Browns Steelers, but it was so intense, and there was so much on the line. No one was fighting, but every play was so physical. The Ravens are one of the. To me, the Ravens are basically the Seattle of the AFC. Like you're just. They have been not quite as good, but they had a better like late like oh eight, oh nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. They were really good. Uh real quick, I'll just hit some college games here that actually it's a little better. Georgia Auburn is twelve thirty CBS game. Okay. Minnesota Iowa is Iowa's favored by three. Where's that game? Iowa. So well, when you got Minnesota's a bald head coming co- off this Penn when State you got game. a bald head coach guy and a bald quarterback, you have Middlecoff's rooting interest. <laughs> it's one thing to have the bald coach. Yeah, it's another thing to see your quarterback throw a touchdown, get to the sideline, rip off his helmet, and he's legitimately just me shaved head. I'm like, I fucking love this squad. I mean, guy, he's full, he's bald, and he can't. I mean, unless he's a Mormon, he's got to be like 22 years old. I like Minnesota. You know what a scout compared him to me? Text a buddy that works that area. He called him the Tony Robbins of coaching. Like he's not for any everyone, but he's legitimately into some psychological stuff that you know the casual person in the business will make fun of. But it's undisputable that it works, right? 
he just beat Penn State, who was, I mean, no one would argue. Like, Penn State was legitimately, it was probably still be an upset if they would have beat Ohio State, but I think people thought, like, this Penn State team could make the playoffs if they could just win that Ohio State game. He kicked their ass. I mean, the yeah. score was a little closer at the end, but he was shoving them around. He can coach, guy. Yeah, I mean, I it, wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a little La La Land. He is a Midwestern guy, though. I think we're probably a couple years away from his next job. He's got that big contract extension up the buyout, so it might be two years from now. But because I, I know you know you're probably skeptical you can't dispute that he his stuff works right yeah I mean my question with those guys is does it work for an extended period of time or is there a short-term gain but he said I mean you know I wouldn't call him Tony Robbins but he's closer to Tony Robbins than he is like Bear Bryant or Vince Lombardi Pete's a little unique and his stuff works yeah, I think the people because I talked to somebody last week who worked with um, uh, Row the Boat, and his thing was like it's all really calculated. Like I think Pete is Pete is just Pete. Like I think the perception around uh, Pete is a legitimately good human. Like people, just yeah, think I, just I think the guy. perception around Minnesota, like every statement is calculated. Every now again, that's. You get credit for being that well thought out, that organized, that planned, and you still have to win the football game on top of that. How can you live life being that thought out? Like, it just like, can't you just live a little? Like, that's the one thing I appreciate about, like, Kyle. I I just, you just ask him, he just says it. He's not like, takes so much energy to think about. Like, I think James Franklin, wouldn't you agree, is a little like that too? Like, God damn, just, just talk. (laughs) So, what did the guy say that he's. Not fraudulent, but he's a little well, politician. Yeah, we didn't use the word. He was just like he's he wasn't the biggest fan, but he's like you can't deny like they obviously they got it rolling. What was he his offensive coordinator in like 2014? No, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can't deny it, John. I there's this, a million... was was this guy relieved of his duties by this guy? No, or did they just go their no. separate ways? No. Um. So there's that game. There's also. Uh, what was the other game I was going to tell you about? It, it's hard, you know, going from LSU to Bama to just a normal week. Well, that, luckily, that yeah, I know. These games are at the same time, basically. Iowa-Minnesota is like at one. Oh, Oklahoma-Baylor. I mean, that game, just because Baylor's unbeaten. I read an athletic article if on o- rule. Yeah. He, he seems a little more my type guy. You know? Yeah, so I've heard, I talked to somebody today who's met with him a couple times and is a football guy who's met with him a couple times and thinks he's now I think thinks he's just a good coach thinks he's a good coach yeah enjoyable guy uh then you got Arizona look Oregon's got to blow Arizona out Utah's got to do the same UCLA is uh they've won three in a row what's the record half one underdog four and five yeah wouldn't mind a good old ass who are they playing Utah at Utah wouldn't mind a good old ass kicking there by my guy Kyle Whittingham the one thing I've heard about rule is I mean what he did there, and even they did a special on him on uh, on like college game day. Some of the players were like, you know, or oh, maybe this was in the athletics. Some of their quotes, like, it was kind of embarrassing to walk around campus wearing your Baylor football shirt. Mm, mm. Like we were just like, people looked at us like we were rapists or bad guys. Like guys, I just got here a year ago. Like I, what were we talking about? That we were going to compete for national championships with our brows, and everyone looked at me like I was a scumbag. And he did like a real, like he's, I think he's a big time motivator. Like people just like, this guy's foxhole guy. Like let's, yeah. 
I'll go. To, I'll go to bat with it. Where where it does feel like flex a little like like manipulating your mind. Where this guy's just like we're gonna practice hard, be physical, and then we're gonna kick ass. Like this, he's a New York Giants offensive line coach. That's why some people have kind of said like, are they, would the Giants go after him? Like he's he's gonna Wasn't be that an the deal last year, right? The Jets. The but Jets remember, was last year. Remember McCagnan was like, you can get the job. But here are the seven position coaches that we're going right. to mandate you hire. And he's like, what? It was one thing to have like a coordinator. No, it was like six guys. And he's like, no. It was it was beyond extreme. Someone, I was talking like over the summer to a guy in the league that was like, it's still the most egregious thing I've ever heard coming from those guys. It'd be one thing if it was like Ozzie Newsom was like, listen, I got these four guys. I think it'll really compliment you. It was fucking Mike McCagnan, who everyone thought was kind of a clown, was like mandating the individual position coaches. And Rule was like, no, that's not going to work. I'm going to stay at Baylor. And I think sometimes you get these guys like, we're the New York Jets. He's like, why? Baylor pays me like $6 million. Why do I care? But <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Think how, I was thinking about this the other day. Think how ridiculous it is to hire a, in, the, in the sport of football to mandate coaches on a guy's staff. Like, think of how all your working it's, situations. Just if I mandated a producer with you on a game, a partner with you in a show, you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's you're you're kind of being set up to uh, fail. Or there's definitely an excuse if you fail to like what? This is crazy. That's why radio. Like, we, we were very lucky doing a radio show and then the podcast. It's like that's usually the way it works in radio. Not to make this about radio, but you don't get to choose your co-host. By and no. large, ninety percent of shows is like, here's who you're working with. Good luck having chemistry for four hours a day. Yeah, talking about stuff that sometimes you're not going to want to talk about, but you have to. You see, Trey Wingo already wants off. I did not see that. Who wrote that? Who said that? I think it's just like got leaked to the big lead that he's just like, I can't do this anymore. Part of it might be waking up at six a.m. Yeah, I it's mean. a grind. Waking up at six a.m. They're on the air at yeah, six a.m. Yeah, yeah, waking up whenever they're waking up. Uh. Best, by the way, since we're on the West, best thing for the Pac-12, I think, is Auburn beats Georgia. Auburn beats Alabama. That's not happening. Um, they need. It wouldn't hurt them if like game is in Auburn. Yeah, it is. It wouldn't hurt them if uh, like Baylor beat Oklahoma, but then Oklahoma beat Baylor in the Big Twelve title game, right? Because Baylor's unbeaten right now. Wouldn't hurt them if Minnesota lost. That'd be big. I did see though that Baylor, their three non-conference teams were like Haberman, Middlecoff, and Ping. You know, no doubt, know. but I'm it just saying they're it is, they're just unbeaten. So if they just get through their league unbeaten, they're gonna. If you win the Big Twelve unbeaten, you're gonna be in the Final Four. Do you think that if Oregon would have played UC Davis Week One instead of Auburn, they'd be at number four? Undefeated? No, because I, huh? Would, you know, like if they were undefeated instead of the one loss, would they be treated like Baylor right now too? But they were unbeaten. I'm just saying, instead of Auburn week one, yeah. they had played. But they Fresno were undefeated, State. right? Yeah. Fresno, would you say Fresno State be different UC Davis? Let's just say Fresno State. Well, but Minnesota played Fresno State and wasn't getting any love. But yeah, I, yeah. I do think they'd be treated a little differently. Because even when you look at like Utah, the problem is Utah. Like Utah has that. Utah doesn't have Oregon's schedule just in terms of they don't have the Auburn game, but they do have a loss, right? So Utah doesn't have the Auburn game. Yeah. But they have a loss, and mm-hmm. they're still ahead of Baylor. Like, their strength of schedule is still – if you look – I don't have it in front of me right now. But I think up, people but, respect you playing USC, Washington more than Texas Tech and some of those that, that's Yeah, that's my point. So I think Oregon would be – would not be getting treated. Like, if Oregon were unbeaten right now with a win over Fresno State instead of a loss to Auburn, 
I think they'd still be in the. Why well, I saw Vegas, like you know the Vegas guys that does their own top twenty-five just based on like ranking them for betting. They had Washington, and you've been saying it all year. Like Washington's got dudes. They had Washington's good. They had Washington like seventeenth, and they even had SC. And I do think this is fair. You can say whatever you want. Like SC's undisciplined, coaching's kind of hit or miss. Their talent is undeniable. I mean, their wide receivers are are like the poor man's version of what Alabama's rolling out. And I think that's what Whittingham would say. It's like they got three NFL guys that just lit us up. Washington lost back to back weeks to Utah. And Oregon. And I'm not trying to pump them out. I'm I'm just telling you they are that is a good they win. They were a shill, even though on paper it's not. No, I, I but they are Pete. a good team. Uh, but I think back, Pete. I appreciate that. When you look at the CFP right now, there's like two teams that are outliers in terms of strength of schedule in in the top ten. Like one LSU. somebody like yeah, LSU's great. Somebody's bad. It might be Minnesota's like 77th or something. And then by and large, like the top six seven teams. Their strength of schedule is like 26, 32, 37, 44. Do you, think it, do you think it would be bad? Because the one problem would be if Alabama ends up getting the fourth spot and LSU just wins out. Yeah. It would be you get a rematch. Because they're not allowed to manipulate it. Like you couldn't move them around. You couldn't put them at three just to get a just to a get them away. I th- it would be interesting because clearly the the I, I mean, committee I'd be, I'd does value. I, said I wouldn't watch. <laughs> the committee does clearly just value how good they think you are. Um. But I I think if or let's say Utah and Oregon both went out, they meet in the conference championship game. Oregon beats Utah. Alabama's best win is Auburn. The win over Utah will be a better win, even though Alabama will have beaten Auburn and Oregon will have lost to them. I think it would be an Oregon's. I think if you can't now, if Alabama beats them like forty-five to three, that's trouble. But I. I'm not positive about this at all. I'm not predicting it. I think one loss Oregon, who's on a winning streak, right? Their only loss is week one to Auburn. I think they'd get in over one loss Alabama. Because we were talking about this on the last pod. When Alabama got in as a one loss over Ohio State, who had won its league, Ohio State was a two-loss team, and they had some bad losses. Oregon's a one loss with, quote-unquote, a good loss. Remember, they they had lost to Baker Mayfield, and they lost the conference game. So I, I think Oregon with one loss would get in over Alabama with one loss. The problem becomes if, like, LSU's only loss is to one loss Georgia in the SEC championship game. Now both those teams are in, right? Yeah, then, then and then Alabama you got unbe- and Oregon are fucked. Yeah, because then you got unbeaten Clemson, unbeaten Ohio State. You're saying if Georgia beats LSU and has goes 11-1 and one or 12-1, and one, and LSU is basically in right now if that's – as long as they go run the table to the SEC championship game, which I think their schedule is pretty easy. The SEC is getting two teams in. I think so, yeah, because they're LSU. Now, here's the other thing. No yeah, because LSU's no best win is Alabama. $7 million to pay Tom Crean to coach their basketball team. They're just getting to the playoffs every year. No. God damn, they're making so much. Has any team, has any conference benefited more from the Final Four so far than the SEC? Now, they deserved it. I'm not saying that they haven't, but they have. They have capitalized on this opportunity, have they not? Yeah. They have. Yep. So, uh, so it's kind of a shitty Saturday. Better Sunday than a Saturday for sure. Yeah. Which actually hasn't been the case the last couple of weeks. Part Gabe, of this you want to talk about li- Gabe Kapler? Yeah. You got takes? I've got a couple. Like, uh, you've been saying for a while this looked like it was the direction it was heading. And it, it took a while. We found out when we watched the press conference the reason why was a lot of quote-unquote due diligence going on behind the scenes. I know you didn't see it, but the highlight of the 
press conference was they, the press conference ends. They go back to the NBC Sports Barrier studio, and Pat Burrell is, is shell-shocked at the press conference he just witnessed. He's like, I, I, I can't believe this guy just got hired? Like, he couldn't believe it was... I, I actually enjoyed Pat quite a bit because he's just as himself. He's not... I, I like him. But you could one, tell he was taken back a little bit by the nature of the way it went. Yeah, he just didn't realize it was going to blow up quite that way. I think they did. Clearly, they were they were ready for it. Farhan and 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 uh, Gabe Kapler in particular. But Scott Harris, is that the guy's name? Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he, he wasn't a member of the Dodgers organization, so... I saw um, someone tweet, like, Scott Harris got me thinking, like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> so, I mean... Look, I, already, like, I already got a Scott Harris, Stephen Vogt, uh, uh, GM, manager combo slated for the start of the 2022 season. Tw- yeah, I got vote for... Yeah, you're right. Vote, vote in 22 after he plays two years somewhere, balls out. Vote would be like, why, why only two years? Is Vote a free agent? Vote, he's got to be. Someone texted me like he might... I guess the A's have already been like, he might just stay in the Bay and go back to the A's. Yeah, I'll text him and ask him. Maybe he can break the news on the podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um... Yeah, man, it's they. That was it's I an all time first. You're not time. used to seeing the. It's you. You're really not used to seeing the Giants in that position either, right? Just that organization. Would you say that's worse than Jim Tom Sula one, which was bad, but it was different. It was more. Tom Sula was somewhat of an innocent bystander, remember, because he didn't fire Jim, and Jed was up there, and Jed was getting peppered, and Jed was not. Jed of 2019, he was pretty defensive. And then Jim, Tom Sula, couldn't talk. Where this one was more, I was a little, offended is the wrong word, but it's like, people are going after Gabe Kapler, like he sexually assaulted people. He actually didn't do any of that. Uh, His wife, I was driving to pick up lunch yesterday, and Papa said, you know his wife was sexually assaulted when she was young? Ex-wife, yeah. Or his ex-wife. And he had talked like about foundation. it at the back end of the press conference. Oh, he did? He must have been on the treadmill. Yeah, and, and uh, he, it's actually, honestly, you leave that press conference realizing it's a little more on Farhan than it was Gabe Kapler. Like, Gabe put it up the chain. So let's not act like he's, it came away like the Bay Area media was attacking him like he was Ray Rice. My issue with the guy is all accounts are, and you just see a lot of people in baseball tweeting about it, is he's kind of a disaster from a baseball standpoint. And unlike Philly, that had a lot more talent than this team, this team stinks. Their third or fourth best player just signed with the Braves yesterday. Their best bullpen arm. Bumgarner is surely leaving. Like, their team is just not going to be that good. So, to me, where I Farhan, who built up a shitload of equity in like a three-month span, it was like, God damn, this, no wonder Billy's been hyping this guy. This guy's a genius. Has now tied his career, it feels like, a little bit. Maybe not career, like he'd get a second chance or whatever. But his Giants career to this guy, because the one thing the Giants care about, and you can tell they were un, it pissed them off last year, one is relevance, and they were kind of irrelevant. If it wasn't for Bochy's retirement, last year would have been one of those, if a tree falls in the forest. You know, did anyone hear it hit the ground? Bochy's retirement. Black. Plus, they made they just made a little run right after. The but I'm talking the deadline. last couple the last couple months. Once they it was clear they didn't buy anything at the trading deadline. But once that place goes empty and you get their version of what the A's are like, they're used to that thing being their rev stream. That thing pays for everything, and it makes sense because you go there, you're like, 
$73 for a hot dog fries? I'm like, what? And that's just, uh, what, Ghirardelli Sundays, $34? And you end up paying. Can we get four lobster sandwiches? Yes, that'll be $745. They are making a ton there. Yeah, well, and we've, oh, I'll let you finish, sorry. So to me, when you lose, and this team more than likely is just going to lose because they're not going to be that talented, that place will become empty. And then the the nature of when you're losing, Kapler will get a lot of heat. Might not even be his fault. The team might suck. That's where it could get really weird really fast. Where if they had just hired Guy Haberman of the New York Yankees, Aaron Boone's right-hand guy, you would have got some leeway. You know, the equivalent of Espinosa, which got a little weird because they, I don't Espada. know if you noticed. Yeah. You know, they got a little cheating scandal going on. Yeah. <laughs> Change up. Bang, bang. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so look, I, I don't think he's I, – I think disaster's too strong. I don't – like in terms of like baseball management, I kind of chuckle when I see – now manager of the year award, I don't even know what it means because I don't even know who's making any of the decisions. But I do think Gabe's job is not easy, particularly like Will Smith leaving is a big deal. Like who who's he going to be putting in these games? Um, he's coming from a place, as you know firsthand, Philadelphia, there everything is – everything's a big deal. Um but, they, but, but I, part of it was they had acquired Harper. The, no, Harper. There yep, was a ton of pressure sure. this year. Not just Harper, real mute. They it, it was real muto. It, the, it, it it was it went fourfold fast over the last offseason. And I don't know. They had a ton of injuries. I don't know how much of that he really could have saved. I think we're at a point now. I think everybody recognizes baseball in particular. Like Bruce Bochy's in the Hall of Fame because of decisions he, by and large, because of decisions he made in the postseason, right? Yeah. That's the reason. Th- those are the main re- – like if you said, what is the best argument for his Hall of Fame? I don't know that Bochy – Bochy is not winning you 12 games a year. That's not how baseball works. So this is where it's – I think it's – the pressure is double on Farhan Zaidi because it's A, he's got to get players, and B, if he doesn't get players and this team's not winning, it's going to be easy to pile on Gabe Kapler because he's already starting with people looking at him kind of with the side eye. Like, dude, are you – You are know you I was driving around, I heard an interview where the guy said that he moves his left and right fielder bef- between pitches. Not between batters, between pitches. That's, I don't see, I don't think that's that crazy. I think that's not uncommon. I'm not saying, I'm saying they switch positions. Oh. Like, oh. They run across the field and change Yeah, that's spots. annoying. But, but again, my question is, is that him? This is well, what I go no, back but to. I'm just that saying organizational? That's, that's where I think... Farhan, there were certain things he wasn't even probably going to try last year with the big fella, right? And yes. I think and he said actually, as much, and he has yeah. repeatedly said as much. <laughs> that they're going to try some weird shit, and when it doesn't work and people already hate this guy, he, this is where I'm saying, like, we talked about it before the podcast, I think it's pretty fucking nuts to tie your entire career, which you've worked so hard for, which I remember Billy telling the story, they had like that open interview of like 100 guys, and Farhan leapt to the front like he's this rocket ship. He gets his job. And even as Kapler said, one of the great franchises in all of baseball, you got this great job. I'm not saying to, like, coast, be middle management like you and I have experienced in the radio business, that you can just be fraudulent. But I'm saying kind of – I do think Farhan could have done all his shit just with another hire. Like, it was polarizing. And I thought Kawakami asked a great question. Like, beside all the domestic violence stuff, just how polarizing you've been getting this job, like you understand, like you realize how like in, intense this is about to be. I know every because everyone keeps saying, "Oh, it's, he's a made for California. It's not. A, it's a Philly thing." 
Well, yeah, why? Because the press asks you tougher questions? You think the ownership gives a fuck when that place is empty and they're winning 70 games and the Dodgers sign Rendon and Strasburg and win 110 next year? Like, that's... <laughs> I, I just think that people all oh, just... Why? Because people don't bitch and moan about the Giants? Well, they just won't go. And that, yeah, to but, me, is just as powerful. It, it, but that, like, there are a few different things at play here. And that, what you just described, is not a Kapler issue. Like, at the end of the day, how many people... The guy, if they're losing games, well, again, but I, I don't know, like if if they're losing games and he, it feels like he's mismanaging games and he's weird with the media, that's the stuff where he's going to have. What if I told you they? What if I told you they won seventy games back to back seasons? Well, Does he survive? The, it's an indictment of their personnel, is what I would tell you. Well, their personnel stinks. His yes, he will be judged largely on how he handles this stuff because baseball managers don't take you from 70 wins to 82 wins. And so like, this is not the miles Garrett situation where every opinion's out there, but here is my my bottom line opinion on Gabe, not Gabe, but the higher is this. I wouldn't have done it. I'm, I think everything you've said so far is fair. And I think a lot of the criticism is fair. And I actually agree with a fair amount of it. Would you have hired the cheater? That made that one complicated too, but I ultimately, when someone gives you the power to do what it is that you want to do, I do, I do appreciate what everyone's like, you can't do that one. You can't do that one. You say, this is, these are my balls are on the table here. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Despite what Twitter tells me, (laughs) despite what manscaped.com tells me, despite what the press conference is going to be like. Just on a most fundamental level, I appreciate that. I'm going to make the hire I want to make. This is my first hire. I'm going to make the hire I want to make. Ultimately, you're being hired, Farhan, because we believe in you. They've given me this power, so I'm going to I'm going to use it. And I think he gets it's clearly by that press conference. He understands, and he's saying, "Time will prove that I was right about this." I, I think there's a balance, though, of like, damn. You just traded four draft picks from pick 27 to get to six to draft Julio Jones. That takes balls. But I think a lot of people would go, I understand what Dimitrov did. Or I traded three draft, three number ones to get Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. Ballsy, very risky. The history of these quarterbacks are very hit or miss, but we get it. This one's like balls on the table. I don't think many people get it. That's but yeah, but I would say if you're Farhan, this is not a player that I've scouted. But I'm not a player is probably the wrong example. Remember, let's use the let's use the Tom Sula example. Okay. Because that, that was like we know this guy better than you. For sure, we fucking known him, and that's Farhan saying I've known this guy forever. I yep. know this guy, and, and I read an article yesterday that people around the Dodgers felt that if Farhan and even Friedman like had more juice at the time, they would have hired him over yep. Dave Roberts. It was the ownership. So, like, we've wanted this guy forever. Like, okay, you do that because you lose all credibility if this is Philly times four and it's just a flop. Right. You can right. never be taken seriously again. You're just like, you're a good number two. You can identify talent. You can't pick a fucking coach to save your life if this goes really ugly. Like, if this gets ugly, you agree. I think it's clear Farhan can pick players with ease. Like he's good at that. But and I think this, he's a good. And I think I would say he's a pretty good communicator too publicly. Yeah, I, I think he, beside Kapler, everything has been like check, check, check. I even watched him at the press conference. Like this guy's really impressive. This guy's a cool nerd. 
this would though would ruin all his equity. Yes, but I but what I'm saying is these things go hand in hand. Like ultimately, for Gabe to succeed, Farhan has to be able to identify talent and get talent. I but think even, those things. But go even hand then, if he's not good enough, it might not matter. As we've seen like Mickey Callaways yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but like to me again, I the Mets situation is so effed, and. Mickey Callaway won like 86 games. Guys. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, I was if Kaplan won 86 Callaway. games, he'd be in the clear. Farhan looked like a Yeah, I'm, ultimately, like, the, the, I, don't, I don't know how good the Phillies would have been with another manager last year. They, had a t- they couldn't pitch. Their bullpen was decimated. I'm just saying this is a full evaluation. Manager, players, all of that of Farhan. And I, and I can at least appreciate a guy saying, how many chances do you give me to hire a man? If I hire the guy you want and it's a disaster, am I still am I keeping my job? Like if I if he hires the guy that every that the media that everyone would have loved, and it's well, a disaster, the, the, that guy didn't exist. That's the thing. Well, th- there's definitely that too. So anyway, you spend so much time with this guy. He is such an extension of you as a general manager or president of baseball operations. Just given the way the sport is managed now, you go with the most the guy you're most comfortable with, and you better hope you're right. And the Niners were wrong. The Niners were really wrong. But I will say this. The people who were saying that Tom Sula, that that press, Kapler was as bad as Tom Sula, do not properly remember the Tom Sula. But it, w- it was just way different. It, like the, it, well, exactly. It was different. And we got to factor in the interview we so, did Sometimes, now this one wasn't quite as polarizing, but remember they fired, uh, what's his name, in, with the Raptors. Masai fired whoever the guy's the head coach uh, Casey, of the Pistons, Dwayne Casey. Yeah. And they hired his like lead assistant because it kind of turned out like, God, they're going to end up with nobody. And they hired Nick Nurse and it worked. Now, again, that's way less polarizing. It wasn't that crazy. Also, the sport is like, if you can just coach, if you can really coach the sport, you can impact the team like that. Yeah. And then they got Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like, I, I bet if you check their record right now, they're still good. Like they've been good. Like, well, they have been good. They've been really good. So, but I, I think it's pretty clear, right? Masai nailed that one. Like Nick Nurse is really good. This one, I think it's hard when you get a job, a public job, and everyone already kind of hates you or thinks you're hate. Probably the strong like for me, I just I, I think he's kind of a fraud. When I watch him talk, I'm like, is this guy Gavin Newsom? Is this guy just saying? Words like equality and diversity because he thinks that resonates. Yeah, but like, ultimately, think, like, yeah, what matters is what does Buster Posey think and what is... Well, Buster signed up. Bruce Bochy recommended him. So, you know, I, like like to take it back to Minnesota, I think there's a lot of people... Field and start stealing pitches and hit some home runs. That's why the bullpens are out there now. <laughs> yeah. When the, when, when the bullpen coach has an air horn, <laughs> binoculars. How about this? What if we let everybody steal pitches? What if we put the pitch on the video board? I I, I do like the think. way like and then it's like it's just like Luke Keekley like you know the quarterback like, fifty four is the mic and he's like run 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 they're gonna run but we just I, curveball. I, I do ball. think the basic premise of the sport is like you don't know what pitches. No, it's make. chess. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's <laughs> it it's is absolutely if you, insane. even if you don't know the spot, if you know a fat one million percent, the changeup is coming. Like how unfair is that? That's a joke. Yeah. Well, it's a joke when you're using video cameras. Yeah. And the way they were doing it. Yeah. Which, in fairness to them, like, and I've seen some people say, it would be borderline impossible to do it in the playoffs. It's just too loud. Hmm. It also happened in 2017. So, like, people think, like, guys were getting suspended. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Adios. Lunchtime. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.